Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Before we kick off the episode, mm. um, I think we should just give a little warning that this uh, has a lot of talk about mental health, a lot of talk about suicide. Yeah. Um, and if this is triggering, triggering for anyone, perhaps um, be warned, maybe don't listen to it. Um, or if it is, we put loads of links in the description uh, where you can go to to look for help. I'm going to say that before we start. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your Friday episode of Private Parts. It's your boy. <laughs> Your boy, your boy Jeremy. I'm sitting here by myself, just talking to a microphone. Sometimes it's hard to uh, communicate and get across stuff. Um, we have an amazing podcast for you today. Uh, we have Tom Bosworth as our guest. Now, Tom is a, an Olympian walker. It's a. It, have you ever, he described it very very well. You know, if you ever see those races where you see people like walking but half running, you know, at school when you weren't allowed to run down the corridor. So you had to walk, do that fast walk. He does that in competition world, did do that. Um, he's won Commonwealth medals. He's been to the Olympics. He holds three world records. Um, he's an amazing guy and what he's done in his life is incredible. Um, he also chats about a pretty horrific experience in his life um, where he nearly took his own life. Um, so I want to put a trigger warning in there if this is affecting anyone. We're going to leave a description a link in the description where you can head if you are triggered by anything in this episode. It's an amazing episode. It's unbelievable. And Tom, I want to say thank you so much for sharing. Okay, it's me today with Tom. It's going to be amazing. Oh, uh, before we start, it's a big favor. So many of you right now listening, don't know why the hell you're not. You haven't clicked on the subscribe button on like Spotify and places like that. So just go, you can do it while you're walking down the street or on the bus. Just go and click on that. It really, really, really helps us. And um, it also means we can get better guests. And go and check out our TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube page where you can see the full videos and fun clips. Okay, enjoy the episode with Tom Bosworth. So I should probably first ask, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty well, thank you. It's a good way to start. <laughs> it is. I, I've always been told, I, got to, I do a radio show now, and apparently the worst question you should ask a guest is, how are you? 
Because if you ask a guest, how are you, then they suddenly panic and they go, oh, God, I don't, I, I feel okay. I think I feel all right. And no one's ever honest with that question, let's be honest. Like, if, yes. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's uh, okay, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Mm. But really, all the demons in here are going, ah, it's awful. It's so true. I had, I, I, <laughs> it is true. It's all the time. Yeah. If actually we were honest, if someone said, how are you? And we were actually honest, most of the time we'd probably go, do you know what? I'm actually knackered. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit stressed. I'm a little bit this. I'm a little bit that. But I, but it's funny. I, I didn't... Recently, the beginning of this year, I've been... I've actually been pretty stressed. Okay. Have you been stressed at the beginning of this year? Uh, no. Not yeah. at all. Okay. Well, Quite well, pretty pretty chill, to be right, perfectly well, honest. Lucky you, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have done enough stressing in my life, and yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty more stress to come, but... Not doing sport has been a really nice stress relief because every day is just a guilt trip of if you miss something, if it's not right. And so, yeah, retiring from sport last summer, uh, and now it's just like I'm a normal person. Uh, we we met at um, it was like a it was a children in need gig, and I, I've obviously seen you on the TV and we got chatting and. We started speaking about, you know, lots of different things. We did this sort of walking thing together <laughs> on this treadmill. And I invited you on the podcast. And and then what I've been basically doing the last couple of days is just looking at all the things that you have done in your life. And you're 33 now. Yes. And I'm 34. Uh, and you have done way more <laughs> than most people on this earth. <laughs> Truthfully. And so I suppose what you can do better than me is explain to all the listeners what you've done, who you are, uh, so they kind of know exactly who who I'm speaking to. Well, yeah, for the last 14 years, I've been uh, a professional athlete in the most unknown and unheard of sport in the world. But I like to think that I could walk faster than most people can run. Uh, and to do that as a day job is pretty cool. And so, um, yeah, I've been to a couple of Olympic Games, um, Commonwealth Games, medals, world records, British records, um, competing over 20 kilometers, the Olympic distance. Um, and it's that sort of wiggling walking you see at the Olympics every four years. But actually, it's quite serious for me when it's my job, train twice a day, every day, Jesus, which is quite disgusting. But yeah, and I did a few bits off the track uh, as a result of it. You know, I'll be honest, like sport. I love sport as a kid. Um, Were you sporty? No, because... I was kind of pushed away from it a little bit. Always knew I was gay. And growing up, teenage years, early 2000s, things were getting better. But I kind of got outed at school a little bit, which kind of put me off sport because PE. If I didn't have athletics outside of school, there was nothing, no other way of enjoying sport. So I always watched football and I always watched sport. I remember England winning the Rugby World Cup and those moments, uh, you know, but I just thought that's it. Uh, you know, that's as far as close to sport as I'm ever going to get because PE was a nightmare. Like just got bullied shitless, like wow. really awfully. Some kid outed me and then I was like, oh crap, what do I do now? And it was just a really shit time. Yeah. But it was like sport was an escape and I didn't even realize it was escape. Athletics was that sort of, oh, I can just be as slow or as fast as I want and, you know, nobody could blame me if i miss kick the ball or whatever and and yeah i mean p was gruesome that's that's a yeah i, I i've actually weirdly spoken to a lot of people now who um school life was terrible for for so many people because of that that um 
sort of attitude that people had. Firstly, kids are pretty mean to other kids. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, I, I, I had this sort of idea that kids are, we're kind of born like narcissistic sociopaths. <laughs> and we, as we go throughout life, we get older, we realize that being, saying that to one person probably isn't a nice idea and all those kind of things. And so it's, it's really tough when, you know, you, you, you married your partner, Harry, in 2016. No, you got no, engaged got in engaged, yeah. Uh, yeah, in Copacabana Beach uh, in Rio. Um, I, I saw some clip of it, which was pretty cool. Um, but where, when you saw this, this guy in the gym that outed you, how did that happen? Uh, I kind of just told a friend that I thought I was gay. How old are you at this point? 14. Wow. 15. That's brave. Well, when it, with that age? That's yeah. Very, yeah. Very, very, because you continue, I don't want to talk over you, but you know, I remember being at school to even admit that you liked wearing red jackets <laughs> was like a really intense thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anything not normal. Anything that, but it's to but make you stand what is out. normal, right? But anything to make you stand out, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, I mean, I, I, it was brave, but it wasn't because I just told one person. I said, no, obviously, please don't tell anyone. Um, and she didn't for a couple of weeks and then decided to. Uh, yeah, really ruined most of my school experience. Anyway, it was brutal, violence and, and verbal and physical bullying. And, oh. and PE was the worst. Like, I remember one kid turning around to me and said, God, God must have hated you when, they met, when he made you. You're gingy, you're skinny and you're gay. And I was just like, wow, oh just going in. But yeah, it was pretty, uh, it made me, I think for a lot of kids in that scenario, in the LGBT community, you either go one way or the other. And it's like really dark path or it makes you really, really tough. And thankfully for me, it kind of made me a lot thicker skinned and far more relaxed on the topic. Um, and kind of, it didn't give me confidence in who I was. It did the complete polar opposite. But in my adult life, it has. And, you know, when I do, I do this bizarre sport that most people, you know, can say, oh, that's, that's easy. It's only walking or whatever. And then I say, yeah, but I can walk faster than you can run. Or, you know, I felt I needed to come out on telly, even though nobody knew of me, nobody had heard my sport, but suddenly I was on breakfast telly talking about being, being in a same-sex relationship. It's like, why is sport so backwards still? Like, this, this shouldn't be necessary at all. But why do you think it is backwards? And, and we were talking about this before. I think there's been an announcement today. Came out yesterday. Yeah, it came out yesterday. But it's, but it's a big, why? Like, big news thing. And, and but but I, I've got to be honest, you know, you, you see the article and I go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. But it, but it, but it shouldn't be that way. But it still is in sport. But so. why? Why in sport does that happen? That, it, that for some reason, if someone comes out as gay or whatever, or why is their sexual preference interesting to the consumer, to the watcher, to the viewer? It doesn't make them a different person. Because that community just isn't represented at all. And now it's slowly but surely changing. It's why I ended up having 15 minutes of fame. It's why, you know, we, we see these stories do hit headlines. And hopefully that's, you know, that is starting to change. It's seeing more and more announcements happen and, and sport is catching up. And what we're also seeing is that happy athletes, players, whatever, team members are usually better. They're more successful. But you can see that in, in any line of work. You know, if you're happy in what you do, you're probably going to do a better job. Mm. And it's why there's a lot more focus, you know, is let's stop making all of our staff miserable as sin because they're probably just going to quit or not do a good job. So let's see if we can make people happier, uh, which is kind of what, what drives me now is just not to give a shit. <laughs> yeah, but that's amazing. It, you know, to go through your experience at school where you said like physically being hit and to like all those different things, 
that builds resilience. Yeah. Without a doubt. And you said you can take two different routes. You can go down a pretty horrendous route that we, you know, the outcome that is is not good. And we all know that. Or, or you can go down the route of being resilient and fighting back. How that resilience must have built you up. And that's, do you think part of that is the reason why when it comes to sport, comes to running or, you know, your sport, you are resilient within it? Yeah, 100%. Really? Yeah, and on competition day, it's all, it's all about up here. It's all about, you know, if you've done the work, then great. You know, you've, you've done all the training for months on end. Olympic Games, you're still on the start line. You could, you could fuck it all up by panicking, getting nervous, you know, just going, oh, here's a race plan. Screw that. I'm just going to go off from the gun. Yeah, uh, it's, it's mad. I've seen so many people probably train better than me, be a better athlete, and then be way behind me on race day. Really, yeah. People talk about this mental strength within sport, and you, you, you think a huge amount. Because I always think that's a myth. No, it's not. Because I remember, okay, for example, when I was at school, right, I was a good cross-country runner. Yeah. I, I, did, I, you know, I did athletics and things like that. I, I was a fast, you know, 800 meter time, not to boast anyone. But, uh, <laughs> it was uh, when I was under 11, it was 2 minutes 32. Very good. The, that, is under the 11. Mo- that is the most, most, the weakest little nod at me that you just said, that's all right. What when, I heard, when I heard two minutes, I thought, right, you're going to be talking low two or something. I thought, that's impressive, but yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's, two and a half minutes is good. I'll take it. Fine. I, think I, I still hold the javelin record. I talk about that all the time. But anyway, um, but I, I would get so nervous before my races and yeah. to the point where I'd almost throw up and I did nationals and all these different things, but I would still win. And, and I would class myself as like slightly mentally weak because okay. I would be that nervous. I would almost be talking myself out of the race I before I'd actually do the race. Plenty of people do that. Yeah, but then I would still do it. So how much of, what is my question? My question is how much of the sporting talent, people who are winners, how much of it is mentality and how much of it is talent? Oh, I mean, you've got to have the talent. You've got to have the work ethic. That's one that's kind of, overlooked is you can be as talented as you like but if you don't work hard that's going to just get wasted that talent that'll take you so far mentality is spoken about a lot but that's on the day and and i guess it goes down with the working hard as well like you've got to be able to for i would do about i'd average about 20 kilometers a day um for when i was in full training and when it's pissing down with rain it's freezing cold out there you don't want to go out and do 15 kilometers that's up there. That's all that is. It's just to get you out the front door and go training. So you can have all the talent and everything, but if you've got no motivation, you've got no discipline. And then on, on competition day, if you throw it all away with nerves or, and I've seen people vomit into a bin before a race. I've seen people like look like they've just seen a ghost because they're just, they're just terrified. And what was great with me is because I always was pretty crap at sport. You know, it took me ages to get any good at, at, at the walking or, or running because you shied away from it though, because you didn't. Yeah, maybe. Want to put yourself and I just in. did it for fun, and yeah. But it kind of took the pressure off because I never thought I'd be any good. So every time I just stepped on the on the track, it was like oh, I'm going to come last. It's fine, and then I win. I'm like, oh, that was nice. So you took you took oh my god, so you took the pressure off yourself. Yeah, without realizing it. And the first time I ever got nervous, I was 26 and stood on the Olympic start line and i was like, oh fuck, I'm at the Olympics. Yeah. Not the first time you got nervous before a race, yeah. Because every single thing I achieved, I was like, oh, you know, I, I won't achieve any more than that. That's the best I'll ever get. You know, I, I'm, I'm over the moon with it. I'm delighted, but I'm never going to achieve any more. And then, you know, after the Olympics, uh, it, we were stood on the start line and the race organizers is like, right, we've got put this race walking event on telly for you at the anniversary games in 2017. 
we want you to go and break the world record for a mile. And I'm like, how am I even in this conversation? I was a kid that just turned up to the athletics club to have a little bit of fun. And, and you know, that's it. Get out of my mum's hair, I think. And, and just, yeah. That's insane. I, for, for anyone who doesn't know, can you, so can you explain the rules of your event that you do? And, and why, as you pitched it, you said it's the wiggly event that you see on TV where you walk kind of yeah. in a waddle. Actually, when did the event start? Secondly, you know, what are the rules of it? Yeah. And then thirdly, how do you get into something like that? Yeah, well, I mean, getting into it is quite is more straightforward than you realise. Like, race walking is so historic. It started off with pedestrianism, basically, with people walking between, like, towns and bet- people betting on it. And, and there's huge historic what? Explain races. Explain that. Are you serious? Yeah, because the distances were too far to run. I mean, we're talking hundreds of years ago. Yeah. You know, it was in, it was in the traditional Olympic Games and now the modern Olympic Games. So it's, it's been around for, for centuries. And... And basically people, if I have my understanding right, I'm not the best historian, um, but the distances were too far to run and they would take, they would use it to take messages between places. Uh, so they'd take the message with them and, and ultimately it became a bit more of a competition and people would bet on it. And then things like London to Brighton were born uh, and they're like long distance walking races and crowds would turn up. You know, there's pictures online. If you Google like London to Brighton, this is a big historic thing. And then, you know, it, the distances have changed over the time. It's it always, was just walking. Yeah. Well, Not. yeah, but as fast as you, you could go, really. And people didn't run because it was, that was too hard almost. Not that it was easy to walk, but it was like the, the length of time meant people were walking as fast as they could. And then it became this, ultimately became the Olympic discipline. Now, what, what we have to do is we have to land with a straight leg and always have one foot on the ground at all times. So. Yeah, but explain that more to me because I'm still confused. Yeah, that's where that. you get the wiggle. So you kind of land on your heel with a real heel strike, yeah. toe up, and it naturally will straighten your leg. If you Basically, if you put your foot out now, you know, you're going to naturally straighten your leg. Yeah. Um, so it has, to be heel, it has to be heel, heel toe. Heel strike, yeah. So heel first, and one foot has to be on the ground at all times. Yeah, yeah, basically. So because otherwise, then that would count as running because you got your sort yeah. of in a faster sort of... But then who's judging this? When you're doing these races... How is someone going to suddenly see that, oh, you've done one foot wrong? Yeah, so it's, it, it's on a small lap. So there's about eight judges on, on the course. So you get three reds. Basically, you're gone. You're disqualified. Um, and the judges are looking for either a bent leg, which is pretty clear. You basically look like you're running. Um, or, or the loss of contact, which is like, you know, it, it, when loads of, we get loads of abuse. I love it online. Like people will use their TV remote and do it in slow-mo. And go, oh my goodness, they've got that much gap. If you've ever watched Malcolm in the Middle, you know, it's, yeah. it's a famous scene from that. Um, <laughs> and, and like the judges aren't going to see a few millimeters. And that's why it's written into the rules. It's all just visible, loss of contact. So as soon as it becomes visible to the judges, they just whack they you. And, and it, you know, it's the same 20 or so judges that do all the big races around the world. Have you ever so been disqualified? Yes. When were you disqualified? Well, I, I think you probably know it. It's probably, if you Google it, it's probably <laughs> the only, there's a picture of me going. <laughs> so, Wait, why? Because you, you, what, what happened that day? What, what happened that day when you were disqualified? Oh, I mean, as I say, my, my career has, it just was going up. Mm. And everyone knows life doesn't just go up in a roller coaster. You know, there's got to be a big down at one point. Totally. But... It was just going, you know, I was making European World Championships, Commonwealth Games, and then made Rio Olympics, sixth at the Olympic Games, British record, which was a huge breakthrough for me that day, engaged to Harry. And then we had this World Athletics Championships in London 
the race, my race was in front of Buckingham Palace. So the crowds turned up regardless because it was such a tourist hotspot. And, and British people love sport and they love to support their athletes. Uh, honestly, the support messages and crowds, it's crazy. Whatever champs, even if we're abroad, like the British fans turn up. So it was so overwhelming. And I just thought my career is going like this. And to medal at a home world championships in front of everyone, you know, for example, like the, the walks at the Olympic Games weren't, they were on the red button with a couple of Australian commentators. A year later the, at the World Athletics Championships, they were on BBC Two with old Steve Crampall and Radcliffe commentating on uh, and bigging me up as a medalist. That's how wow. much it had changed in 12 months. It's like no one had heard of me. No one had heard of this event. And now it's Sunday BBC Two live telly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And you didn't feel the pressure then? Oh, fuck me, did I feel the pressure. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it had really changed in that last 12 months. It really had changed. And it it, it was so exciting, but I'd kept been coming Is that in. because you suddenly thought that you could fail? Yes. So you suddenly thought, yeah. and you weren't just failing losing a race because it was more the fact that you would act, it was going to be people around you and people watching you would know who you are. And then they would, so if you didn't do well, then that was, everyone was going to know about yeah, it. Yeah, and when you're ranked 30th or 40th, there's no pressure on you if you don't meddle. And suddenly it just gone like this and this and this. And then it was just all the chat was the British team hadn't done very well at that world championships either. And I was on the last day. And at that point we just had Mo, Mo Farrell was the only person who had meddled. So I was like, if I meddle, like it's me and Mo, that's it. Like that, that this could change everything. And, and I stopped thinking about the race and that's what I normally do. I just think about the race, each lap, tick it off 20 K 20 laps done see what happens instead all i was thinking about is i must meddle look at all these people here all the build up big opportunity here to make a name for myself and i did it the other way it's the only time i've ever been recognized outside of the sport was for the guy who cried on the mall honestly in a bar somebody came up to me it's like you're the guy who cried on the mall and i was like yeah i also have like two world records and one star <laughs> if you google me i go way more than that so <laughs> yeah wow that's um that's almost heartbreaking for you. Oh my God. Cause it's just been built up for so long and it's going to be this amazing thing. And then 
you d- and that goes back to your idea of mindset that your that your mind totally wasn't in it. Yeah, completely. And I just got distracted by everything else rather than just focusing on the job in hand, which I'd done year in year out at every big race I'd ever done. And yeah, biggest not biggest regret, but it's just like oh, I wish I just chilled out before that race and listened to myself because it was just so so overwhelming. And it it led to a really shit part of my life for the next couple of years. What happens? It, so what happens then after that mentally? Because I think, you know, what what people don't talk about a lot in sport, there is beyond pressure on people. And I've spoken to a lot of different sportsmen and we, we know the statistics in sport with mental health and things like that. Yeah. And so having to deal, it's that constant highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows all the time, getting injured, not being in the first team, not winning. That ha- must have an effect on mental health, right? Oh, it, it's, it's awful. It's so, to being up and down, and, you know, you never get those chances again. You know, if you fail at other... Th- bits in life or, or if you need to you can get a second attempt at most things you do in life but yeah. you can't in sport um and it's it's even it, 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 athletes don't like to complain or don't like to kind of say oh you know this is such an awful life because it's such a great life we get to travel the world you know from the outside it looks brilliant and and we are so fortunate to be in that position where we don't have to work and we can just focus on sport mm. that's every kid's dream really or most anyway um so it's like, oh, I don't want to seem ungrateful or whatever. But no matter what level you're at, you're, if you're aiming for, to be at the top, it, it takes such a toll on your life. You literally strip everything else away and you've just got to focus on training. You're usually away a lot. Um, and you dedicate all that years and then it goes tits up and there's no way of getting it back. What the? It's so funny you say that about, you know, we, we're told in life, there's this like, Life is weird, right? Like, there's so many things. Like, we're told at school that you can't copy and collaborate. And then suddenly in life, you're meant to copy and collaborate. And that's like a complete, like, minefield. We're told, like, to, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, especially with, with a lot of women, this happens. Always use protective sex and then suddenly <laughs> now get pregnant. It's like, what the hell? There's no, like, in between, like, what happens yep. there. And then we're t- t- told this narrative all the time, which is like, okay, it's okay to fail. You can, fail, you can fail. In sport, it's not okay to fail. It's like the worst thing. You lose your job. You, you lose your job. So it's like a really hard thing to tussle and juggle with. Yeah. So you, this happened to you. So you, you then cry on the mall and... <laughs> like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, perfect place to cry. Yeah. yeah. Out of all the places you cry, cry there. You get disqualified. Uh, what happens to you then? Do you... Anxiety? What, what you know, what do you... Oh, it was, that was just a, because it had been years as well, years of perfect results, everything going in the right direction. At the end, basically, that's the end of our season. Uh, we, we basically go up till August, September time. And then each year, big, big championships is, is in, in August. So naturally I just went home and kind of said, oh, it's off season. I can have a drink, I can party or whatever. And then yeah. that never really stopped because it was like, oh, I've got to go back to twice a day training sacrifice watch what i eat no drinking no socializing you know i I would try my best to socialize and see people see my family and that up till christmas and then from christmas it's just like straight and narrow all the way through to august Um, so like seven months yeah yeah and it's just it's you feel great because you're super fit you're super healthy hopefully you don't get injured and you've got some exciting opportunities and all that and all i was doing was trying to focus on that and black out sort of everything else that was going on in my life which was nothing I was like, I'm Tom the athlete and that's it. And I've got nothing else. Then 
what am I doing? And that's kind of what highlighted when London happened and I got disqualified. I was like, what's the point? And I've, you know, a year ago, we were, me and Harry were so happy. We just got engaged on Copacabana Beach and, you know, it, my career was going places and all this. And, you know, you, you think just like the results up and down as an athlete all the time. And, it, and I, I ended up in a really, really dark place. It was just going down, down, down. And then I had the opportunity just to train away for most of the year. And that's what I did. I didn't go home. Don't see, didn't see my family. I was pushing my family away. I was pushing Harry away. And then suddenly I was like, what am have I got into this mess in, in 12 to 18 months? Like, this is ridiculous. Just, just pack it, pack it in. Like, Harry was like, you need to take a break from the sport. I'm like, if I take the break from the sport, then I lose my funding, I lose sponsors, I lose, I've got no income. Then how do we pay the bills? What else have I got? You know, I've got no sort of job experience, life experience. This is, this is me, I, you know, and it was this panic. And then Harry was like, well, I'm not st sticking with you. You know, you're not happy. You're miserable. You're missing training. You, um, oh, it was just, snowball effect and, mm. and i didn't even realize it was going on until basically i was <laughs> i was still on a motorway bridge ready to jump off it oh, and and end it all so and harry was just like enough enough you need so i you know i phoned british athletics and said this has happened and it wasn't one of those you know i'm gonna send a few messages and this is how i feel i'm gonna cry for attention it was this is it's better off. Like I've got, I've ended up in this mess. Harry and my family and that would be better off without me. And I've got nothing else. So let's just end it all. And that was a second, my second attempt. And that was where Harry was like, right, find British athletics, get some support. You know, UK sport were brilliant. They were straight on it. Load of help. And, and, um, yeah, it just was like, right. Don't, don't worry about funding. Don't worry about, performance and all that sort of thing let's get you sorted let's get you happy and and it took a couple of years and thank god harry and british athletics and all of them did i was lucky thank god i mean i'm so sorry dude <laughs> that, that's you know it's it's just a horrendous thing to go through and it's it's what's so sad is it so so many uh athletes so many men yeah um go through this experience of a when you when you lose your sense of purpose and you don't really feel like you belong anymore and you don't really know what you're doing in life and you've been one thing for so many years and then that is sort of almost taken away from you but it hasn't been taken away from you you lose all um aspect of life and you think the easiest thing to do is just to yeah to end it all you you said it was your second attempt what was your first attempt yeah the, i mean the the first was like, it was like you know, me and Harry had another argument over something. It wasn't even big. And I mean, every day you just, I just wake up and I'm tired of waking up. And that's why I can, well, until you experience a, a real mental health crisis like that, you don't realize it's an, Ill, it's an illness. But I look at my brain and my behavior and how I felt inside. And it was a totally different person. It was like something else was controlling me. Somebody completely different was, was living my life. This sort of absolute monster inside me. And it, it, I've never seen that person before that. And I've never seen it since, since I've been happy. It, and it's just terrifying. When I look back at it, terrifying. I would, I, oh, goodness me. It I'll, consumes you, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And you, totally. And you, you make rash decisions and you don't know what you're doing. And, yeah. and you... 
it's it's scary, right? Because you, when you're in that with whatever mental health it is, whether it's anxiety, depression, insomnia, OCD, maybe all those things at once, you it's like a, I always describe it, it's like this cloudy day, and you you forget there's blue sky, yeah, and you're just stuck in this place, and you're like, well, this is it, yeah, yeah, this is it. The, I don't know. I could I could have won the lottery and still been miserable. I could have you know had every, all my friends and family around me having a big party, and I would hate it. My friends would notice it, you know. Other athletes would say, you know, are you, are you okay? I remember before the Commonwealth Games, I'd been named as as the athletics team captain. And I, I, I could barely sit in the, the hotel where we all, all were eating, all the England team. And I, I felt like not everyone's eyes were on me. I felt like I've got to be a leader. And, you know, this is something I've really, I'm really proud of achieving, you know. I never thought this would be happening to me. And, and all I wanted to do was break down. And one really good friend of mine, she, she could tell there was something wrong. And she would come, She came to my, my hotel room and I just burst into tears. And I was like, I'm miserable. I'm so, so sad. I'm so sad. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I had a great race in the end. I don't know how. Because um, you're maybe almost just distracted. Yeah, exactly. So you're I was just, using you're it. Just, you're, you're using that distraction just to go through. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you're that distracted, I remember when I was feeling so anxious and I went on a run. I ran for two hours. Really? Just because I just, you yeah. could just keep going. Yeah, constantly. I, I think what I've learned from all of that is now I don't, you know, now I don't care. I'm so happy because I'm so relaxed. If something goes wrong, oh, yeah, who cares? But what I think is really important that we educate people is to realize that there is a big difference between having a bit of a bad day and then having several bad days, or several thoughts, or because I think it'll change people's thought process on mental health. Because what I want people to see is, yeah, you're going to have anxiety some days. You are. You're going to be a little bit sad some days. You're going to be really, really happy other days. That's normal. That is normal. But when do you need to get help? You know, if you bang your big toe, you're not going to go to the hospital. You know, if, if that big toe suddenly, well, you cut that open and, and you ignored it and it started to get moldy and gross and infected and, you know, suddenly you're going to lose half your legs, you'd go to the hospital. Mm. That's the exact same thing with, with mental health. You just stub, stub your toe, you have a bad day. Acknowledge it, go, yeah, I'm going to have a bad day from time to time. You don't, life is not going to be happy or perfect. But if then the bad days turn into bad weeks and bad months, it's time for you to... Get, get, yeah, yeah. Uh, but people don't realize they're in that either. No, they don't. And I agree with you. Some people are, are confused in those situations. But, you know, when you're, um, when you're standing on the edge of the bridge above a motorway, where you what is going through your head? And, and how do you... You have a, a horrific choice to make, you know, at that moment. And thank God you took the right choice. Because you wouldn't be here, you wouldn't have done all the things that you've done, you wouldn't have this life that you're living now. And in the moment, I get it. So, you know, you're consumed by horrific, dark thoughts that you can't escape. But what is going through your mind at that point? And why do you step away rather than step off? It's, it's, quite, it's quite blurry, to be honest, to think back to it. It's, it's not clear at all. But, I mean, I remember everything was going at a thousand miles an hour in my head. Like, every single choice, every single decision was just like mind-blowing um but I, I couldn't even tell you what it what it was and harry had he was ringing me ringing me ringing me like what are you doing where are you you know and i was just i answered the phone I was just like look you don't have to worry about me anymore just just enjoy your life i'm, I'm done i'm i'm gonna be out of your life it's fine like everything's fine 
and he and I put the phone down the side of the pavement and uh, climbed the uh, the railings and and Harry seems to Harry disagrees with me with what happened here because he was on the end of the phone he, di- he didn't know and I the phone was a way away but I, I remember a car pulling up and somebody getting out and talking me back over and then you know saying and it's almost like I I clicked and then was like whoa what whoa what am I doing like how am I here it's like I've slept walked there yeah and I literally got back in my the guy was like are you okay are you okay what are you doing you know do you, do you want to come home back to mine and this sort of thing I'm like no 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 I need to get home and that's all I remember get, getting back in the car and driving far too fast probably getting back to Harry as quick as I possibly could and going fuck I need help like like badly um but Harry was like, he never heard anybody. He never heard a car. He never heard any conversation or anything. Really? Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. That's insane. Really scary. He never heard anyone. He never heard anything. No, he said, you made it all up. And I was like, no, I can see it. I, can, I, I remember that. Because I remember going, no, uh, like clicking out of that oh sleepwalk. My God. There's, I, I saw this documentary once on where this guy... Um, was like it's I don't know I don't know what it's called you may have seen it I saw it on uh, Facebook where this guy jumped from the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco have you seen this thing and, yeah and I, I have I think yeah and he and he survived and there's been three thousand four hundred yeah. people who have taken their lives doing that and he's one of eighteen survivors and he went and spoke to each of the eighteen survivors wow. and each individual who survived had the same thing in common and it was they felt immediate regret once they jumped yeah and it and it's it's one of these things which is so awful and look you know. Um, thankfully I've, I, I've never been in a, a, such a drastic situation as that, but there is that sort of thing where your body is taken over yeah, completely. and you suddenly, like you said, sleepwalking, you suddenly go, what am I, what, what's going on here? What am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really scary thing to happen. Yeah, completely. And I never thought that I would have mental health issues or, or any sort of fight with that. You know, I, I'm an extrovert. I'm a really happy guy. I, I, I socialize and speak to anybody under the sun i've got time for anybody i never thought it happened happened to me and in a way i'm so glad it did because i've got such a different perspective on life mm. so happy now and i'm trying to make the most of everything and you know it, i remember 2019 the world athletics championships were in doha yeah. we we're in a night race the race was at midnight um obviously because it was so hot and i was looking around me and people were were nervous because it was tough conditions. Like just Hot. finishing that race was going to be brutal. And I was, I was singing to the greatest showman, a great soundtrack. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable soundtrack. And I was just in my ice vest, my little shorts and vest sort of thing, you know, trying try to keep cool for the race. And I was just singing and I was so happy. And I'd been injured for eight weeks that summer. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen in this race. Who knows? Like I want to maybe finish top 20 if I can in the world. And and I'll be happy with that. And I was so relaxed. I ended up finishing seventh. And I was just like, how on earth has that happened? You know, how on earth am I in the top 10 here? Like, I shouldn't have been. I was injured. But I was so happy. Wow. Um, and yeah, I've just tried to live every day. It feels like it feels like one of those things, which is where, because I want to know about the, the, the training of it. Because it feels like what happened was when you started the sport, you went into it just going, okay, I'm just going to go and do this. And there was just no pressure. Yeah. There was nothing. Nothing. And then what happened was, is that you suddenly were on TV, you were representing Great Britain, you were winning medals, you had this pressure to do it, you were 
getting world records, all this different <laughs> stuff, and suddenly all this pressure was on top of you. And for anyone, they become it's like a boiling, it's like yeah, a thing exactly. boiling, and there's a boiling pressure cooker, pressure yeah. cooker, and it suddenly goes, and then you go back to that sort of infancy where you go, I just don't really care about this. Yeah, you're, you're right. But Full you release circle. yourself from yeah. these this sort of chain because actually, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. Matter. No, it really doesn't. But we put it all in our heads. It's oh. everything. Yeah, yeah. Your your whole world revolves around it. But I was made to learn that my whole world, my whole world is now my husband, Harry. Mm. Excuse me. Um, my dog, you know, my parents, uh, my sister and her husband, and my friends, and and yeah, what I do between all of that doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter. I mean, makes no difference. Like, like you can pick and choose. You can pick up a saxophone tomorrow and go, yeah. like, I want to be a saxophone player. Like, yeah. Oh, you could. Yeah. Why like, not? Yeah. Why the hell not? People are scared to because of what other people think of them. Yeah. Oh, you're not very good at that. Well, fuck it. Just do it. Enjoy it. And, and this is my, and I'm so glad you're sharing this with yeah. us, but it's so important because I think what happens, especially with the younger generation now is that we are forced into this narrative where you have to find something that you need to do and you need to be there. And if you don't do that to your best ability, then all, life is not going to be good. And you've got to be great at you've it got to be great straight at it. away. And you, you, and you've got to be the best of it. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you should go on social media and follow all the people who are doing the same thing because that'll make you feel better. And yeah. then you realise like, well, I'm not doing as good as that person, that person, that person, that person, that person, that person. <laughs> yeah. So you're uh, that, never living in uh, your lane. I mean, that's You're comparing. Same, uh, athletes just like, oh my God, that person's <sighs> just run that rep on Instagram. It's just like, oh my God, I it's don't constant. care. Yeah, it is constant now. And yeah, I'm so glad I grew up without social media but it's spot on it's it's nobody has a chance to be bad at something and then get really good at it because they've worked hard and just kept turning up and kept playing that's why i say to parents just keep taking your kids down to the track keep taking them to the football pitch the music class whatever it is yeah because even if they're rubbish at it right now you don't know where they're going to be in 20 years guys that is the end of part one um come back for part two so much more with Tom Boswell. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.